when I found out what I was passionate about and, and it was people that changed the tra trajectory of my career very quickly because only chasing money, only chasing, you know, prestige, which is, you know, is cool and all, but it's not, it wasn't an intrinsic driver. Uh, when I, when I found what I was truly passionate about, it, it just changed the tra trajectory of my career and reinvigorated my fire to grow my business. Welcome back, real estate rock stars. I'm Shelby Johnson, and today we have Jesse Johnson in the house. He is from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and been in the real estate industry for 24 years. He started in the mortgage side of the house and then transitioned to real estate sales at Keller Williams back in 2008, where he worked his way into being a top producing solo agent. Then he shifted into building his own team, which he was able to exit. He was able to replace himself and move on, which is something that I know a lot of team leaders dream of. And now Jesse is consulting real estate teams. So listeners, this show is going to be a good one for you. If you're leading a team and maybe you're facing burnout, you're not getting the traction that you're looking for and you're struggling to connect with those in your organization and find your purpose. So Jesse, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Shelby. I'm super excited to be here. Uh, I was very inspired by my boy, Matt Talent, who was a guest a couple weeks ago. So uh, very excited to be here and have yeah, an opportunity Matt. to kind of share what I'm passionate about. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to dig in. Can you, okay, take us back a little bit and tell us about your real estate journey? Because I know people don't just wake up able to, you know, consult with top performing teams and recruit talent and all of these things. So what are the moments throughout your journey that helped you develop those skills? Well, it's interesting because I pinch myself every day wondering like, well, why do these people want to talk to me? And I'm kidding, of course, I'm kidding. But like, it's interesting because I got into the real estate industry. This is my favorite quote at the turn of the century, like 1999. And, uh, and at the time, you know, I started as a lender and I learned everything I need to know about being great at tra being transactional, right? I learned everything. So when I moved over to the real estate sales side of business in 2008, I had an innate knowledge that the that the market needed at that time, right? People people didn't know how to do valuations. People didn't know how to know, know the numbers of the business, and I, so that was my strength coming into that business. Um, and quickly, uh, I hired coaches, and I quickly built a business. And what I learned is. You know, most coaching at, uh, is based on is basically focused on hit these numbers, make these calls, do these things. And I will tell you, you have to hit those numbers, make those calls, do those things. But if you don't know why you're doing it, uh, you'll end up where I was in 2011, where I was about to have my second child, sitting on a bench, about to have my coaching call. My coach says, "Hey, where are you?" I'm like, "Well, I'm at the park." She's like, "Am I coaching you today?" I'm like, "Probably not." And I feel like a lot of real estate agents after the last three years are probably feeling that same way I felt after a three-year crunch of just trying to like get a business off the ground while the market was terrible, right? And right now, you know, agents are like, oh my God, I've been running for three years. I don't know why I'm running. I don't know where I'm running. I just know that I'm running because if I don't run, I'm not going to make enough money. And so basically, if your only drive is to get the next deal and make money, well, you're going to end up on the bench talking to your coach who you're paying a lot of money for and saying, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. And so so that's where I became passionate about building something of, signi of uh, significance. 
Yeah, you know, I, uh, it was interesting. I heard uh, John Maxwell say this recently, and I have to paraphrase it. He's like, if you want to be successful, you can do it alone. But if you want to have a life of significance, it's going to take other people in your life to be significant. And that's that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah, I think a lot of people can resonate with that. That full sprint that it feels like when you get into real estate and you are just really just running as hard as you can and working insanely long days and potentially with people that don't fill your cup and you just in the beginning it's it's pure fire that's fueling you. But that fire that, you know, other people are like, hey, you know, burnout's a real thing. And you're like, nah, not for me. Um, but it actually does hit. And I can say that from personal experience as well. Um, so, so with that though, how you, how are you developing the skills over that time? I understand your journey. And then yeah. how did you personally develop those skills and now are able to help other people with it? So I, I, I stopped at 2011 because 2011 was a very big inflection point for, for my career. And, um, it's funny, I read Daniel Pink's book drive. That's a huge, uh, point in my career where I learned, wait, this is what actually drives people. It's uh, this idea of, of needing to have purpose, autonomy, and mastery in your life. And I, I've taken that to, to, to all of the leadership that I've done after that. So 2011, I, I learned about what, what drives people. So for me, it wasn't money. I was like, why am I not excited? Why, why am I not like going out and killing this? And I was. I mean, in June of 2011, I closed 14 deals as a solo agent without an admin. Right. That's a lot of business to do by yourself for someone like who's just about to have their second child. Right. Like there was a lot going on. So so I had to find out what drove me. And then I was able to use that by building a purpose, a passion, a mission, vision to start attracting top talent to come work for me. And what's great about that is the first person I ever hired is I is actually replaced me in a sales manager job at one of the brokerages that I ran. So, like, it's really exciting to see, like. Being this person who is passionate, has a mission, has a vision, and is able to share that with others has created other leaders, right? And I'm super proud of Jackie. I mean, she's in a position where, you know, I, I ran that business and now she's running it at a really high level as well. So like that, that's kind of like, that's how I built that. And so, so Daniel Pink is one, one thing. I mean, I'm a constant reader. So like, you know, I could, I'm, I'm a constant consumer of, of information. And frankly, you know, you, you learn by, you learn by doing, right? And so what I found uh, over time is, you know, now that we've created a mission and a vision and core values, and I've shared those with my people, right? Now we have a shared mission and values. Um, and what I, I learned a lot by trial and error, because a lot of times trying to push a mission and vision down has led to people saying like, well, like, okay, that's cool if that's your vision, but that's not my vision. So later in my career, as when I was running the How Group in uh, 2016 to 2020, they uh, I learned that I had to kind of reverse that. Where like, yes, here's our vision, but what's your vision? What's your mission? Like, what matters to you as as a person? So if I, ha I at that time I had 25 sales salespeople on my team, and it was really challenging to to find what you know to keep all of them motivated, right? So the way I had to motivate them was one through finding out what mattered to them, two finding out what they were great at, and then three connecting that to the to the greater vision of the company. Okay, and I, I assume that's that's what you did for yourself too, because I'm I'm still hung up on you know the the part where it's like you know I had to find out what drives me, and you know and we moved into passion, per um, purpose, passion, mission, and vision, but I think that 
for a lot of people out there, they're like, I don't know how to find out what drives me. So can you expand on that? Yeah. So, so for me, like it, again, going back to creating a mission and a vision. So uh, recently I took a course with the, uh, with Stephen Kotler and they talked about like finding out things that you, that you want to change in the world. Right. And for me, like I found over time that I was more passionate about people than I was about money and sales and prestige. Right. So I found out that, you know, that intrinsic drivers were more powerful than extrinsic drivers. And I'll give you a funny example of a failure that I had as a father with extrinsic, extrinsic, uh, man, that's a hard word to get out. But I I asked asked my daughter's (laughs) extrinsic values, but the, um, my daughters, uh, I asked them to read one summer and I created this whole program where they get rewards if they read books, right? And it was really fun. We had a really fun summer, but you know, the result was that pushed them to drive while there was still the extrinsic driver there. But as soon as they took the extrinsic driver away, they stopped reading, right? And so, so what I found is like, I can wave a carrot or I can snap a stick, but at the end of the day, if I'm not giving you what you want, if I'm not driving you towards what is intrinsically what drives you, which is what's inside you, what do you love? What do you wanna change in the world? What are you passionate about, right? If I'm not driving you towards that, then you know, I'm not gonna be able to drive you, right? So, th- so if, if I'm working with someone who doesn't have that, then they're probably not gonna last on the team very long, right? So it's really finding people who do have passion, that do have something that they're driving towards and really working with those people. And that's, that's what I found within myself is I was very passionate about working with people. And again, going back to what you know, John Maxwell said, you know, my significance, you know, I had success, but my significance has come from the people that I've been able to develop over the years. A quick word on our toolbox. We know it can be overwhelming thinking about all of the systems you want to build into your business. And that is why we ask guests to submit their favorite checklist, template, or tracker so you don't have to build from the ground up. Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and click toolbox for your free access. Thanks so much. Okay, does that mean that, because you mentioned um, if the people have passion, then you can work with them, identify what that is, and really like pull out those motivators and press and, you know, kind of like motivate them towards that passion. But if people don't have the passion, then maybe it's harder to, like, what do you do, I guess, with the people who don't have passion? They're just, they're out of the business. Yeah, it's funny because you (laughs) you can't, you know, I'm a firm believer that, that it's not my job to make every person work. Right. So I, 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 and I hate to say this, but I think as a leader, you need to know who, like, who's a fit for your organization and who's not. Right. And you, you never give up on a person, but you keep, keep providing them the information. You keep providing them the inspiration. You keep providing them the group support. You keep providing them that for, for a period of time and, and, and see if they are a fit. And what I find is if someone's not a fit, they will, you know, self select out. Right. So, and, um, and that, that's never been a, a problem that I've had to deal with. Um, but yeah, I've continued to, to grow. You've asked the question, like, how did I continue to develop? I honestly say most of this has been through continual learning and trial and error, right? Like I, I, I've not, I've not uh, 
been through this journey without making mistakes, right? I've definitely said, okay, well, we tried that, that didn't work. Okay, let's try something different. Um, but what I have found is that when an organization knows what they stand for and who, and who they are, and they're able to basically provide that vision to people, whether it's new recruits that they're trying to bring into the company or the people that are already at the company, um, that's a great starter and that's enough to attract them. And then once you have them and you're working with them you know, on a one-on-one -on -one level, you make it about their strengths and about their passions and you, and you create a, a shared mission, that's where I feel like things really start to work. So I'm a team leader and I'm sitting there and I'm like, I, you know, I'm working really hard. I'm running really hard. I have this team. It's kind of working. Um, but I'm not sure about, you know, what we stand for and who we are. Is it possible for you to kind of take us through what that conversation might look like? Maybe questions that you would ask me to identify and flesh out kind of my purpose? Yeah. So, so I like to use Brene Brown. She's obviously a great uh, leader in this space. And so she's got a form Big that fan. we use with just a bunch of words, right? That say like, you know, what are the things that matter to you, right? And so I have my, I have my uh, consulting clients go through that form and just pick out a bunch of, bunch of words that matter to them. And then I have them go back through it several times and just like, okay, let's do, let's read through these words and now let's define them. What do they mean? What do they mean? What does Webster say they mean? And what does, what do you think they mean? Right. And then we, then we do this game called kill, kill, keep and combine. So like, let's take, you know, five or six words and let's put them together. And then we distill it down to what, what really feels like uh, is a true uh, core value statement. Uh, and then I actually ask them to bounce that off of their, 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 you know, some of their best past customers, some of their friends and family, just to see if it res resonates with, with the people that are out, outside of them. Because we, we also have blind spots. And then we, once we have that, we try to distill it into a, into a theme, right? So, you know, this is what we stand for. So one of the companies that I ran, uh, we distilled it down to really two statements. One was concierge service and the other was always evolving, right? So that's what we stood for. So everyone in the company knew that our, our mission was concierge service and always evolving. And we were able to define, define each of those in a way that when we went to hire somebody, that was the metric that we used for hiring. We said, you know, do they, have they, can, have they shown that they can do provide concierge service? And can they give us examples around that? Are they always evolving? Are they learning based? Are, you know, are they, you know, have they shown that they're continuing to grow in their career? And so that created a matrix for making decisions when hiring, when promoting, when firing, like it really created a, a matrix. I call it home base. It basically became home base for almost all of our decision making. In that home base, that concierge yeah. service and always evolving, would you categorize that into purpose, passion, mission, or vision? Like, I would say, uh, I mean, I are would those say, your four that, you know what I mean? Yeah, I would say it encompasses everything. Right. It is our it's our core value statement. It's what we stand for. You know, I like to quote Hamilton, like Burr, if, you know, if you don't know what you stand for, what will you fall for? Right. Like that is that's what we stand for. So that is our mission, vision, values uh, and, and purpose. Very cool. Love it. I think that activity is very helpful. I'm also I'm a fan of Brene Brown. Um, we do a book club and we read one of her books and it was fantastic. The activity, I think it makes a lot of sense because, you know, just listening, you're like, man, I think he's right. I need to identify these things, but I don't know even where to start in doing that. So the yeah. idea of having essentially like this word bank and then sifting through it multiple times, 
define those terms, distill it and bounce it off of other people to make sure that in your own head, you're not (laughs) in Mars while everyone else is on Jupiter. Um, I think that that's a really tactical, helpful activity um, for a lot of people. So thank you. Yeah, no, I I definitely, I found a lot of success with it. It was interesting. One of the teams that I'm consulting, uh, they came up with one word out of the whole thing that, and honestly, I'm not even sure it was on the sheet, but doing that practice brought them down to one word. And then in our most recent, uh, we did our business planning for next year. They, we were talking about like, what's our theme for 2024 and what was great is when they when they walked through what they what 2024 felt like for them and then were able to come up with their theme it exactly fit into their their core value which is relevance it's owning your space place and time which i just thought was so freaking cool like i got so excited for them because they finally after 6 months of work were able to kind of put that uh, that core value into place and now it's like okay this is what we stand for and and now they're now they're very excited and they have something that they're running after Okay, so now we have the core values in place and the team leader and the team are all on the same page, um, which helps with recruiting because if you know who you are and what you stand for, then other people can also recognize that and then sift out whether or not they fit before they even join, before they even interview. Um, You mentioned before, before we hit record, um, about deepening those relationships with people in the organization as a team leader. Um, so what, what does that mean and what does that look like? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not about, you know, I ran organizations of like, you know, 40 plus people. And so I don't, I don't believe as a leader that you have, that you can win every relationships, but it's important to understand which relationships you must win. Right. Imagine the, all of your direct reports are on the same page as you and you're moving in the right direction. Like, how does that feel? For me, when that happened, it felt like uh, I felt like I had, like the wind beneath my wings is probably the best way to describe it, right? I felt like even though I wasn't perfect, I knew that we were moving in the right direction, right? Even though you know the market was sh- shifting, we were moving you know the organization in the right in the right direction. And so the way we built that was so I have an intake form that I'd be happy to share with with your guests, where it's basically like I'd love to get to know you better. And what's crazy about it. You know, some people didn't love it because it's, I ask a lot of questions, but really it's around how do you want, it's who are you, who are the important people in your life, uh, how do you like to be recognized, and how would you not like to be recognized, and, and what's important to you. So, so I get to understand, like, uh, overall, like, what, what matters to them, what's their mission, where, where are they going next in their life, right? Like, if you had somebody on your team, this is a good example, if you had somebody on your team whose goal was really to do something completely different than what you're doing right now. Would you like to find out that later after after they spent the last six months hiding it from you? Or would you like to know that now and say, "Hey, I would love to help you get to where you want to be in your life"? Right? The work that the work that happens after you understand that is a, you, you're getting a lot more value from that person. They don't feel like they have, they have to hide from you, right? You're you're basically helping them get where they want to get. Um, then I take that information and I use and I basically put it you know into a database and I know like, hey, when you know, when their anniversary is coming up, I know that, you know, Sally doesn't want to be on social media, you know, so cool. So I'm not going to do a big social media post for Sally, but I'm certainly going to walk down to her desk that day and hand her her favorite coffee and say, Hey, I, uh, I can't believe you've, uh, it's been four years that you've been here. It's uh, time is flying by. Oh, and by the way, these are the things that I noticed that you've done great in the last year. 
right? And so, so it's about getting to know the person and then continuing to deepen those relationships uh, through one, proper recognition, two, a fantastic one-on-one, right? So one-on-ones for, uh, with, with your direct reports should be about them, right? So when I have a one-on-one with, with my direct reports, it's their agenda, uh, they run the meeting, and then I say to them, hey, I'd like to reserve a few minutes at the end, or can we extend this if I have an agenda that we need to cover? The reason why is I want to combine their mission, their vision, their values with the company's mission, vision, and values, right? So I want to make sure that we're moving, we're moving in lockstep. And then uh, knowing that we're moving in lockstep allows me to, to feel more confident and comfortable that the company is, is on the right path. Real quick, as you likely know, the 2024 Real Estate Rockstars Mastermind is sold out. But if one of your preferred vendors is looking for marketing opportunities, we are looking for sponsors. We would love to get their name and business out to 80 highly motivated real estate agents from across the country. Know someone who'd be interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com and shoot us a quick email for more information. Thanks so much. Back to the show. Yes, to the intake form too. We love yes. tools for our toolbox. So listeners, we will for sure be getting that intake form. Um, and that will be uploaded to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com slash toolbox, or you can just go to there, click the toolbox. It's free. So Jesse, thank you for that question about the direct reports. So as a team leader, you know, depending on how big your team is, it can get really overwhelming, you know, especially if you don't have someone to oversee on lower levels, you know, a tier structure. I come from the military. So in the military world, it's like one to five, you know, the person in charge can have improperly oversee five people beneath them, um, depending on, you know, the competency or the level of responsibility of those five people. And so I'm curious about like what that looks like in your experience with teams. Is there a right number of direct reports and the frequency of which they're meeting those people. Yeah, I, I love uh, five. Five is a great number um, because when it grows beyond five, um, I feel like the the um, it starts to get watered down. The connections start to get to get watered down. However, if you do a great job with your five, right, and you and you're and you're passing down that culture of hey, I see you, I hear you, I know you. To, to your five and hopefully you, you're passing that down to their to their five or or whatever that is like as you go down further into the organization yes it does grow beyond five at times and it does become challenging um, and what what I've found in the past is is by choosing a someone who's showing leadership skills to kind of like run group sessions and things like that 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 has helped where the the, the teams become larger than uh, than five. But definitely a, uh, you know, I like the number five and I do like the idea of passing the culture down, right? Um, you know, it's funny, uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer, uh, this is one of the things I've always used in, in, uh, in managing people is he talks about uh, catch your children doing something right. So I've done that with my children who I love very much, but I've also used that at work, like catch your employees doing something right. Like everyone's worried about doing something wrong, but like catch them doing something right. And I, and I like to stop once, once a week and just like think about the people who are on my team and like what what did they do great this week and it doesn't have to be everybody every week but man if you could just walk over to someone's desk and leave a note that says hey i saw you i saw that you helped that person who was having a tough day like that's the type of people i want to be in business with right 
that's passing the culture down. That's your job as the leader is connect. That's how you connect with people. It's not the big stuff. It's the little stuff that they'll remember. Okay. So that's like a once a week stop and reflect and note of the things that someone's doing right. And the, I'm curious about the frequency of your, where was the word? Um, the one-on-one. So is that yeah. something that you do like monthly, quarterly with an agenda and you know, that sort of thing? What does that look like? The frequency? I, the, so the frequency of the one-on-one with, with my direct reports, I like to like it to be weekly. Um, yeah, it's, it's scheduled for 30 minutes, but it doesn't have to be. Um, but it's important that you, you know, maintain connection because a lot can happen in a week, especially in the real estate industry, right? Like, especially, the, you know, um, you know, we, it, all it takes is one deal to go off track to throw, you know, a bunch of people, you know, in a spiral. So, you know, finding out what's going on, finding out where they need help, um, you know, certainly uh, once a week is, is enough. And again, the agenda is theirs. So I want them to come prepared. Um, I love using, you know, I, we, I, we use Google Meets for our meetings and Google Meets just launched a, uh, I don't know how recently, but if you go into your meeting, you can actually save a document and, and you can go in and click at meeting notes and it'll add like a meeting notes format for you, which I've been using uh, to kind of keep a running tab. So we don't ever lose track of what we've, what we've talked about. Man, I love me some like little hacks like that. I'm oh my god, about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean uh, the other thing about leaders, like I'm I'm 46. I don't remember everything anymore. So like can't. having having a great source of where you keep notes and having a running agenda, I mean that's that's game changer. And you should do your job. Like the 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 as a leader, you need to stop before you go and get in a meeting and look at the notes from the last week. Look at the agenda ahead of time. You know this is like. At the end of the day, yes, we're all busy, but if you show up prepared, like that person's going to know it, that person's going to appreciate it. And when they appreciate it, you get a lot more work out of them. And it's, and it's, and it's worked for free. Like you're not paying them more. All you're doing is showing up on their behalf. Yes. Could not agree more. I've been doing the same thing for years. I did it with my clients, of course, um, back when I was still selling in production and any, any buyer client, any seller client, anyone I talked to, I pulled up immediately back then. This was before I used to CRM. I literally just had word documents and I had a folder of buyers and a folder of sellers. And the minute that I had a conversation with them, I would just be on the phone on speaker and I would type the entire time and take notes of all of those. And after, you know, we got off the call, I would take five minutes at the end to scan through the notes and just pull out the highlights at the top. So it was like really quick little bullets. And then literally if I saw them calling on a random day, I would let it ring one extra time because I would go to my computer, pull up, just type in their name, pull up their notes, scan through them really quick. And I would be on it. And it's those type of things that, you know, you can do with clients, you can do with members of your team, or even Jesse, I've been taking notes this whole time. Every single conversation, every interview I have with a guest, I'm taking notes and I do the exact same thing at the end. I do like my little summary because it's connections in life too. So Jesse, when I see you at a conference yeah. or the next time, you know, we email back and forth or something on Instagram, I can pull up and get that quick little refresher. And everyone says it's real estate's a relationship business. It's like life is a relationship business, right? And it's those little yes. moments, those connections that... And I think that's like what you're all about. It's so cool. It really is what I'm about. I have to say like, you know, 
having those connections again i'm going to say this i'm going to repeat myself like when when you when you build connections and everyone's moving in the same direction how does that feel right how does it feel to not have to wonder if that person's leaving your team how's it how's it feel to 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 know that you know the work is being done and you don't have to worry about them right like those that's that is energizing for anyone who's a leader that allows you to then put your focus on what matters most which is What's next? What are we building? Where are we going? What's the vision for the t- what's the vision for the company? What you know, and that that's what's powerful about this is when you don't have to worry, you don't start the day in the deficit of worrying and wondering, like, you know, you can you can put that energy elsewhere. And in a world where like, frankly, we're very disconnected, building a few strong connections, it'll change your life and it'll change the business for sure. Jesse, if I'm a team leader and I'm listening to this, I'm like, wow, yeah, all that sounds really good. Meeting with mm-hmm. my five reports for 30 minutes every week and having my stuff so together that I have notes and I'm able to take the time to think about what they did right. Cool. Sounds glorious. Jesse, I don't have the time for that. My life is chaos. What do I do? Yeah. Well, you know, every great system starts as a checklist and, and, and that, and that checklist turns into a calendar invite. I think we all need to build grit around the things that matter most. Right. So what, so you're basically talking about scheduling two and a half hours a week of meetings that could get you, gain you back hours and hours. And honestly, frankly, years and maybe some hair on your head. Like I would say prioritize what's most important. Start with people because you know, uh, no one succeeds alone, right? And realize that by building your people, you're going to get the time, which is most important thing to most most leaders, which will lead to you, you know, growing your business. So I, I would say prioritize using your, you know, prioritize those moments on your calendar. So there's some people out there potentially that are like, man, I know I should use a calendar, and people have been telling me that for years, and I and I just you know, I just fly by the seat of my pants. What I'm curious about your opinion on statements like that. And is there hope for those yes. types of? <laughs> yeah. So, so what, what's interesting is where, where you have weaknesses is someone's opportunity to provide value to you, right? So if you are not strong at running a calendar, guess what? The solution's a person. The solution's a system. Find somebody to run that system for you, right? Invest in yourself and then treat that person really well. Know them, grow, you know, grow, you know, find out what their purpose is, connect them to your purpose, you know, connect them to the mission of the company, right? Like, I, I'm sorry, it's a simple solution, right? Like where you have weaknesses, it's either a system or a person that needs to fix that. And for people who, you know, don't use a calendar, like find somebody to run your calendar for you. I had a fantastic VA, in, uh, and I mean, the work he did for me was so invaluable. We built big systems together. He also ran my calendar because uh, like many of you, I'm not great at a lot of those things. I'm a single dad. I run multiple businesses. Like I'm all over the place. I need help too. But I know that if I help the people that are helping me, frankly, I don't have to think about it. And that's why I, that's why I'm so energized by this. 
Quick pause, let's talk real estate investing. Do you want to invest but don't have the time to hunt for deals or run numbers? Or maybe you've got a bunch of investors looking for deals but deal flow totally dried up? Well, word on the street is there's a build to rent company in Florida that's proven to be a great option for both realtors and investors looking for a hands-off solution with numbers that work. They build single family homes, duplexes, and quads. They handle all of the details from breaking ground to tenant placement, then manage the rental on the back end. Plus, they're offering to pay referral fees on any business you send their way. Interested? Go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com slash invest for more information. Now back to the show. Question, one last question about the direct reports type of thing before we can shift gears. So five people, who are those five? How do I pick those five that are mine, my direct reports? So I love, that's a great question. And honestly, I'm so, I'm still developing this because I honestly don't know that there's a fixed set of five, but I like to think, who are your support people? Number one, like when I was at Keller Williams, the, uh, the person, the, the MCA in that office, I made sure that I was her best friend. Why? Because she paid my paycheck, right? Like, so <laughs> like, who are your support people? Number one, who are your growth determiners, right? So who are the people that are, so if you're in an organization, who are the people that are above you? Who are the people that can help you grow? Who are your accountability people, right? Who are the people that hold you accountable and who are the people that you're holding accountable? Um, and then if you're, if you're running a team, it's like, who, who are your directors? Who's director of sales, director of operations? Um, you know, the, the people that really determine your, your success and that are running the rest of your people. And I'd also say, you got to run this at home. Like who are your happiness determiners, right? You know, who's your gym partner? Um, that those may be some of your five. Um, those are the people that keep you on track. Okay. Shifting gears. What direction would you like to take this, Jesse? What, what would you like to talk about next? Well, I have a three-step process that I run with all of my teams. We've talked a lot about passion and purpose, right? And uh, so that's step one. Like, we need to know who you are and why you exist. Because when we build out that framework, we talked about that, that framework of, of, of having a uh, core values that turn into your mission statement, which turn into your marketing statement, which, which make determinations for how you hire, uh, reward, and fire, right? Like, these, that's a, that's a, that's base, that's home base for us. Step two would be, de you know, determining who do we serve, right? So for those of us who have been in the business for a long time, it could be like, who have we served, right? Because your CRM is, you know, for most people, the majority of where your business comes from. But I also like to look at who, who, who would we like to serve, right? This is our aspirational, like, let's create the perfect avatar of who, who we'd like to serve. And, and so that, you know, for, for some of my customers, that's uh, new territory, right? That's geographic. Some of it's uh, demographic. I want to serve, uh, you know, I want to serve people who uh, are buying their first homes. I want to serve people who shop at uh, Whole Foods. I have a client who wants to, that's their, that's their customer, right? Um, and then it's uh, also psychographic. You know, it's uh, people in different, different phases of life. So, um, so once we determine who we want to serve, now we get down the tactics and this is what coaching is all about, right? It's, you know, most coaching is like, you know, it's like, let's get out and lead, let's lead generate and how let's go find those people. And I, I don't want to go deep into that because you probably had, you know, a hundred guests that could talk about those things and there's plenty of value. And by the way, I buy into all of it because if you've heard anything from me today, it's like, there's not one system 
that works. There's one system that works for each person, right? And so if we find out what you're great at, if you're great at like, you know, doing community events, you should do more community events, right? Like let's double down on what you're great at. But then the last piece is how do we serve them, right? And this is, this is where we create our promises to our customers, right? And so it's interesting. In the, in the past, I used to sell against a, a close friend of mine who had his 90-point listing process he would bring out on his listing presentation. And I would walk in with my 10-point listing process. Why? Because these are the promises I know we can keep every single time. And the way I sold against the 90-point process was I can almost guarantee you there's something on there they're not going to do, right? But I can guarantee you these 10. So, I, so how I serve people it, it, I, like to, I like to come from a place as what are the promises you're going to keep every time and you're going to be known for those promises in, in the local market. And so when I'm working with my customers, we get, you know, again, it's, I, I like simplicity and I like to keep my promises and I like to dig deep on like, what are you great at? What are we going to do every time and how are we going to do it? And then, you know, grow from there. I'm big on simplicity too. Like less is <laughs> less is more is my yeah. favorite thing to say all the time. When opportunities come up or when it's like, oh, do you want to invest in this property? Oh, do you want to, you know, venture in this business? I'm like, less is more. Simplicity, yeah. go deep instead of wide. So it 90 is overwhelming. Like if someone it's sat a down. Lot. For, but it was like, fun because he was a re- he's a really close friend. And I'd be like, you got 90, I got 10. Let's see who wins, right? And 90 wins sometimes. You, sometimes people get impressed by 90, but the reality is you build a brand and you build a name for yourself by the promises that you keep and that you've done well over and over. And that's that's what I'm about. Like th- that's my whole process. Let's build a brand. Let's build what you're about. And let's go do that over and over again for people. I get super excited about that. I'm an essentialist. I, I actually, I love when like clients bring me other coaches stuff. I'm like, cool, let's look at it. it like there's so much good stuff here. What are you going to do? Like, what's the one thing you're going to do off here? Okay, let's do that one thing. I like. I feel like there's just so much good information. You can go on YouTube. You can listen to real estate rock stars. You can get all of these great pieces of information. But what are you going to do over and over and over and over again? Right. That's where that's where you win as as a real estate agent in today's world. Preach! I'm all about that. It's funny because <laughs> I, I host two podcasts now. The Agent Goldmine is the one I run with Ali Gar. Said we'd love to have you on. And then this one with Aaron, you know, real estate rock stars. And it's so funny because yeah. I'm always interviewing people and like having great conversations. And I'll be talking to agents within our organization, and I'll be like, Hey, look, pick in the beginning. You, it's okay to go and listen to a bunch of podcasts and you know explore different options, shadow agents to try to figure out what is an authentic fit for you. But the moment that you pick something, stop listening to my damn podcast. Yeah, just <laughs> Start do it. it. Off. Literally, you don't need another book. You don't need another YouTube video. You don't need more information. You need to do it. It's so, yeah, Angela Duckworth's book on grit is what that's all about. It's like, how can you stick to doing what you said you're going to do, right? Like, and that's, that is something that I have to tell you, I'm still working on in my own life, right? Like, you know, it's, um, it's like when I want to read the article, but then my phone's next to me, right? It's no, read the article, do the, do the lead generation, knock the doors, you know, make the contacts at the organizations where you want to do presentation, whatever it is, it works. You just have to do a lot of it. And I will say, you know, for, for everybody in going 2023 into 2024, um, you got to do more. This is going to be a year. Um, it reminds me of 2008 to 2009. Um, if you're not in the office, uh, if you're not in the office, quote unquote, in the office, if you're not working uh, from your workspace every day, I think you're going to have a, I think it's going to be a hard year. So pick what you're going to do, stick to it, have grit and do a lot of it and realize that you will win 
market share right now while people are getting out of the business. And that's, you know, that was what I loved about getting in the business in 2008. I immediately had market share for every deal I took because 35% of the agents got out. So super, like, if you're like me, you get excited when tough times are a little bit tougher uh, because it allows those that really shine and really have a mission and passion and values and, and a purpose and they're driving to, to win. So Based on your experiences from 2008 and 2009 and kind of that era, um, and the fact that it is relatively similar, you know, in ways to what we're experiencing now, whereas most agents got into the industry during, you know, the COVID boom or in the past, or they maybe they haven't experienced in the time frame of 2008, 2009. Is there, could you share a little bit, words of wisdom, things you learned back then that you think would really help agents now? Besides, of course, you said do more. Yes. Anything else? Oh, more than just do more? Um, no, I, I would say uh, for those of you who have an existing business, so I was, a, I was a rookie in 2008 and 2009, so my stretch was huge, right? I, I was covering a big area. Um, for those of you who, who have been in the business for a long time, I would say uh, double tripling down on, on your database, making sure your database, this, if you're not busy right now, you're, you should be perfecting your database. Because uh, that is gold, and you don't want that gold to trickle to someone else's pocket, which it easily does. You know, so I would say solidifying that, and then finding one or two other places that are. You know, you, you heard about like who do we serve? I think we need to add a couple uh, adjacent uh, demographic, psychographic, geographic uh, areas that we that you're looking to grow in, and and strategically find ways to to break into those markets. Um, and I would say, you know, I had a friend, I had somebody ask me yesterday, like, should I should I be spending money on SEO and things like that? I would hold whatever you're doing highly accountable at this point, right? If you're not getting an ROI, you should probably reinvest that into something that will get you an ROI. And the number one I, thing I did in 2008 and 2009, as soon as I got in the business, I hired the most expensive coach I can find, who said, I want you to go like, you know, he, she asked me, do you want to go zero to 30, zero to 60, or zero to 100? I was like. 100, please. And so uh, investing in yourself right now is, is, is also a fantastic thing to do. It may seem counterintuitive, but it's what worked for me. I put it on a credit card and then 12 months later, I was you know, probably top three agent in my office, right? So, you know, that's, that's what I would be doing at this point. One more question before we go to our wrap up. So you mentioned finding one to two other adjacent places for who you serve. Could you just give an example? So people's creative juices can get flowing. Yeah. So it could be, I, 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 I'm killing it in this neighborhood. So it could be geographic where you're going to the, to, to feeder neighborhoods that are above and below that. That's one idea. The other idea would be, you know, what organizations are you a part of that you haven't been engaged with? So that could be church, school, uh, you know, the country club, the government, wh whatever that is. But like, Digging deep into those places um, would be an also an amazing place. I, I just think it's it's about building the network. Again, you know, if if the if transactions are down twenty five percent, that just means you need you need to do fifty percent more work to get the same amount of business, right? So, and you got to make sure other people are not taking market share from you. So, so it's 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 about increasing your the the amount of contacts and network that you have by about fifty percent. Is there anything we didn't cover that you would like to talk about? We covered a lot. I'm actually really grateful <laughs> that you allowed me to cover a lot. I, uh, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything that we missed. I really, 
you know, I can't say it enough. Um, when I found out what I was passionate about and, and it was people that changed the tra trajectory of my career very quickly because only chasing money, only chasing, you know, prestige, which is, you know, is cool and all, but it's not, it wasn't an intrinsic driver. Uh, when I, when I found what I was truly passionate about, it, it just changed the tra trajectory of my career and reinvigorated my fire to grow my business. And with that business, where can listeners, people are like, I, Jesse's the man. I need more of Jesse. What do you have? Are you selling anything? Where can they find you? What, so what is can, it? So, so I'm selling myself, um, right now. Um, and with lots to come, um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm actually in a transition period right now where I've exited a uh, previous company, uh, where I replaced myself. And now I'm in this transition period where I'm building a consulting business where I've brought on a few customers. So I'm definitely interested in meeting with you to kind of evaluate where, where you are in your business. I'd love to talk about you know, helping you find passion and mission and, and building core values that people can buy into. They can, they can find me at jessedjohnston.com. It's J-E-S-S-E-D as in David, J-O-H-N-S-T-O-N.com. Uh, the reason why I spell that is because people spell my first name wrong. They spell my last name wrong. And guess what? As someone who likes deep connection, I would like for you to know how to spell my name correctly <laughs> and also be able to find me. Yeah, it, it got me in the beginning. I wrote on my little prep notes, I had Johnson and my yep. name, my last name's Johnson. And then I was looking for you on Instagram. And then I realized that there was a T in there. Yes. Johnston. <laughs> yeah. So imagine this junior year of high school, I'm on TV at a football game and they put up the roster, you know, like the, Oh, starting lineup. Right. They left the T out of my name. I'm like, mm. anyway, Crushing. just get to, just get to know me. Like you're, you're basically hearing my whole mission of life. Just get to know me. J E S S E J O H N S T O N. Simple as that. <laughs> Perfect. And if, for those of you who are driving or didn't have a chance to jot that down, Jesse's information will be in the show notes. So make sure to follow him, hit him up, um, get with him if you're looking for a consultant in your team building. Um, and guys, you know, if you want to hang out with me and Aaron, we are The Shelby Show and Aaron Amuchastegui on the gram. We always want your feedback, always want to improve questions you want us to ask topics you want us to dig into, people you want to have interviewed, all of the things hit us with feedback. Also, you guys have probably seen that the King's Table, Aaron's podcast with his buddies, um, has been coming out every Friday. It will be moving to its own channel here in the future. So coming soon, be on the lookout. But that is all we have for today. Jesse, thanks so much for hanging out with me. It's been this awesome. This was fun. Thank you so, so much, Shelby. Of course. And Real Estate Rockstars, thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.